This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, welcome in, everybody, on the Monday after a dramatic come-from-behind win in Indianapolis, 38-31 over the Colts and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers escape the Lucas Oil Stadium in chilly downtown Indianapolis with their eighth win of the season. We are here to recap it and talk all about it. And right away, right off the bat, wherever you're hearing this podcast, whether you're inside the Tampa Bay area, whether you're all over the country, all over the globe, I got Buccaneer fans that are hearing this in Europe, in South America, different places that listen to this podcast through Buccaneers.com and the mobile app. Do not apologize for wins. Do not parse victories. Do not complain about victories. For so many years in late November, recently and all time, this team was out of it by now in the standings, in a division race, in a playoff race, talking about the draft Thanksgiving weekend, certainly by the first week in December. Who are we drafting? Who can we get in free agency? Are we firing the coach? So when this team is winning... Like what this team has continued to do, has continued to consistently win last year and this year. Don't apologize for wins. Would you like to go back to when this team was losing 10, 11, 12, 13 games a year over and over and over again and firing coach after coach after? Of course not. So be happy with the victories. And let me tell you what Sunday was from field level at Lucas Oil Stadium. You know what Sunday was? Sunday was a gut check. Sunday was a day where the Buccaneers could have folded up, been beaten by three touchdowns, and had all of the naysayers and the questioners back out saying, can't win on the road, can't beat a good team, blah, blah, blah. And when you put together the second half that this team put together with that kind of a gut check, then we sit here on the day after that 38-31 win and say, that's a playoff team. That's a dangerous team. Despite all of the hellacious injuries specifically in the secondary. And unfortunately, another one again yesterday to Jamel Dean. And yes, they've given up big pass plays because of it. Understood, understandable. More on that coming up. Despite all of the adversity of being on the road, loud crowd, behind, injured in the secondary specifically, still came back and won the game. That is a playoff caliber, championship caliber team with the greatest of all time at the controls. And my goodness, uh, be be thrilled, Buccaneer fans, with 8-3. and three. Be looking at that closing schedule with all the teams that have losing records that you're about to play and salivate. And be thrilled that you've got a chance to be 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Dare I even say on the Nothing But Bucks podcast, run the table from the end here, all the way out from the Giants and the Colts games and wins, and run the table and get to 14 and 3. It's not beyond the realm with the way that this team has played at home specifically. If you can go get a win in Atlanta this weekend to set up the home games one at a time with the Bills and the Saints, you are you are within sight if you win those games of being able to run the table. And that's what uh, playoff contending, championship contending, the defending Super Bowl champs look like. The Bucks look like the defending Super Bowl champs in that second half yesterday and found a way to get it done. So again, we're ready to recap with highlights, with interviews you're going to hear uh, off our Hooters postgame show, my conversation with Bruce Arians. Also, Donovan Smith off that offensive line. Talk with him. Sunday night in Indianapolis, Levante David. 
the tremendous middle linebacker leader for so many years of the middle of this Buccaneer defense through all of those coaching changes and bad seasons. The Bucs are now on top. The Bucs are now the team doing the whooping uh, on the road and finding a way to get it done. And good for Levante. He stopped for us. You'll hear from him. You'll hear from Tom Brady as well. Big day all the way around. Reminder again, however you found this podcast, it's always available through Buccaneers.com and the Buccaneers mobile app on the day after the game. If you found us on a social media link, wherever you found that, through Twitter, through Facebook, through Instagram, etc., make sure that you are subscribed through the Buccaneers mobile app and or through Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We come your way on the day after games. So that will be Mondays from here on out in the regular season. And then you got to start talking about this. The Buccaneers are on the cusp here of talking postseason. Whenever those postseason games are played, we are back with nothing but Bucks, with highlights, my insight from the sideline, interviews, special guests, etc., all part of nothing but Bucks. Let's roll up the sleeves. Let's get into it on a 30-degree morning in Indianapolis with the feels-like temperature in the mid-20s. Uh, as we got to Lucas Oil Stadium, it did warm to about 39 or 40 degrees outside, but we were inside in the climate-controlled Lucas Oil Stadium, 66,000 seats. A uh, retractable roof was closed, thank you very much, on the field turf. And early on, uh, the Colts had some success. Buccaneers had trouble getting first downs, had trouble moving the ball. The Colts were able to get a field goal in their own stadium from Michael Badgley. They lead the game at uh, 3 nothing at that point. But then the Buccaneers began to flex their muscle a bit. You'd heard so much about Jonathan Taylor running the ball. And why not? Five touchdowns a week ago for Taylor himself against the Buffalo Bills. One of the top running backs in all of pro football. Great run game. Well, the Buccaneers were stuffing him early. And then that set up the pass rush getting after Carson Wentz, the quarterback. Jonathan Taylor is the setback. And play action fake Wentz looks over the field, looks over the field. He is going to be pressured. He's sacked. He got back to the line of scrimmage. It will not count as a sack with the Buccaneers with big pressure. These the highlights from Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on Buccaneers Radio. And I was down there at field level watching this Buccaneer team make some plays, including here defensively as the Buccaneers were able to get a hit on the Colt wide receiver and come up with their first of several huge takeaways on the day. Shotgun formation, Taylor on the right, hip, they'll feed the play action pass. It's caught ball first down at the, oh, fumble football, picked up by the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay's got the football inside the 35-yard line. Levante David. The catch was made, first down achieved, and the Bucks take the ball away. Levante David, who you will hear from later on here on Nothing But Bucks, makes that fumble recovery, and the Buccaneers' defense comes up large to flip the momentum in the game, and it would not take long to get into scoring range. And for the first time that we're going to hear his name and a highlight, here's Leonard Fournette cashing in. Brady under center, Ryan Jensen. They really stack the box, feed the ball to Florida. He's got a Buccaneer touchdown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. That was a perfect call. They were expecting Brady to run the quarterback sneak again. They shifted the defensive tackles down between the guards and the center. And then they handed an off tackle to Fournette. He was able to get in pretty much with a clean look. We've known him as Playoff Lenny. We've known him as Lombardi Lenny with the Super Bowl championship. He called himself Thursday Night Lenny for the big plays he made in the Thursday night win over the Eagles. Now, he could be Thanksgiving Lenny after what happened this weekend. I know there's a couple of other nicknames floating around for Fournette. Uh, Once again, 
Thank you to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think I may have said this one time earlier this year, but I said it all through last postseason. Because sometimes you need the incompetence of other teams to help you. And the fact that the Jaguars got rid of Leonard Fournette, released him on the eve of last season, without the Buccaneers even having to trade a draft pick. Uh, Again, uh, you see why the Jacksonville Jaguars have largely floundered their entire existence. To give that guy away that you saw making those plays for the Buccaneers, where that anybody that wanted to pick him up for the salary that he was making a year ago, which the Buccaneers snapped him up right on the eve of the season, uh, yes, it, sometimes it does take the help of others. Jacksonville gave the Buccaneers the help. Here, take Leonard Fournette. Take playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny. And the Bucs say thank you very much. Well, the, the Colts, again, had won five of six games, three in a row coming in, and they were not going to lay down in that environment. With the crowd out of the game, they got back in the game quickly on this big pass play up top. Wentz now shifts his tight ends to a bunch on the left edge. Will play action fake and drops to throw. Looks downfield, throws a deep ball down. They've got a receiver open. It is a caught ball. Touchdown, Colts. Just a go route, and the catch is made. Touchdown, Indianapolis. And Ashton Doolin, primarily a special teams player for the Colts, beat the Buccaneers on the slant and go. Seldom used receiver Ashton Doolin caught the bomb over the top of Sean Murphy Bunting, and in particular, Antoine Winfield bit up, came up as the safety and was out of position for the deep help. Uh, Doolin primarily a special teams player, a returner. Uh, He catches the long one for his first touchdown of the year from Carson Wentz, 62 yards out, and now the crowd's back in the game, and the Colts are back up 10-7, and the Buccaneers... Uh, again, it began to have problems on pass defense, and uh, that would include what happened uh, uh, right here as they come up with the big play on Tom Brady. Mike Evans wide to the left, first down, 10 bucks at the Tampa Bay 45. Quick snap. Play action fake Brady, drops the throw, looks for the dump. Downfield towards Scotty Miller. It is an intercepted at the 12 yard line. A second takeaway by the Colts who lead the National Football League. Miller, the intended receiver, pass a little underthrown, and Isaiah Rodgers has the pick at the 12. Again, as Mean Gene called it, he was looking to air one out to Scotty Miller deep. Uh, Brady just threw it over the outside shoulder and overthrew it a bit. Nice play by the DB to keep his feet in. It was, I'm not making excuses, it was a lot like an arm punt, a 45 or 50-yard interception pass down the other way. But Indianapolis was undaunted. They were going to come right back down the field. And uh, they would get a touchdown on this throw here late in the first half. Wentz takes the snap, beats them. At the ball, running to the right, throws the pass, touchdown, Colts. He finds his tight end on the right edge, it's Jack Doyle. Wow. It does, and it's a play action, and Wentz is rolling out that way, and you have Anthony Nelson in coverage. He's a guy that normally rushes the passer, it's a zone blitz. So Doyle just does an out and up, and really an easy throw for Wentz for the touchdown. Pretty impressive drive for the Colts. 90 yards in nine plays. The Buccaneer pass defense reeling. Kept giving up third and long, third and 10, third and 11. Uh, Not looking good, but again, you you knew you had a whole half to go. And this Buccaneer defense, uh, uh, Buccaneer offense is so high powered with so many different skill players. I mean, Rob Gronkowski out there catching passes. Uh, You've got weapons like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I know he had an early on fumble in the game, but he's such a tough player that uh, you almost let that pass on an occasional misstep. Ronald Jones even running explosively. The Buccaneers march 84 yards to get into scoring territory. 
uh, here in this one. And once again, it's Leonard Fournette, this time with Brady looking for him out of the backfield. Fournette on the left hip of Tom Brady. Jensen the snap from the four-yard line and motion Godwin. Here's the snap to Brady, looking Brady, looking those toward Fournette. Three-yard line, touchdown, easy, easy six. An easy six for number seven. And Leonard Fournette makes the catch about hip high and nobody near him. He hit the pylon. And that's a great throw by Brady yeah, to Leonard Fournette. So Fournette adds a touchdown catch with the touchdown run. 17-14. And you're right in the game at this point. But once again, late in the first half, the Colts had timeouts left. The Bucks had timeouts left. They converted a third and long. You thought Tampa Bay might get the ball back with three timeouts left down 17-14 with about a minute left and maybe go get a field goal to tie the game. Instead, the Colts converted those third downs and eventually T.Y. Hilton caught a touchdown on a fourth and goal play. Uh, Frank Wright called timeout the coach, talked it over with Carson Wentz. They came up with a touchdown play to T.Y. Hilton right before the half. 24-14 the score in this one at halftime and I did talk to the head coach coming to the locker room where uh, the Buccaneers had given up a lot of yards defensively had given up those three big plays on uh, touchdown passes uh, from Carson Wentz in the same second quarter he said hey we've got to tighten up we've got to get more pressure on the quarterback of course Jamel Dean had been injured in the first half in the, in the either the first or the second series had gone out with a shoulder injury uh, Devin White had gone out in the first series re-injuring his hip hadn't played the rest of the first half so the Buccaneer defense banged up, pride wounded, down 24-14. I did say to Coach Bruce Arians, any chance Devin White can play, he said a slight chance. Well, they were able to, to, uh, to get him loosened up, to give him some physical therapy, whatever. They were able to do some painkiller, uh, get him out there, and uh, Devin White was able to play in the second half of this game. So this is, this is again, if you're a Buck fan, where you need to be smiling coming off this win on Sunday, whether you're hearing us on Monday as the podcast releases or later on in the week, be flying the Buccaneer flag figuratively and literally. Be wearing your stuff. This was what playoff teams do, championship contending teams do. They did not roll over. They did not just simply get beat by three or four touchdowns and have everybody second-guessing whether this team can even win the division or make the playoffs. No. What, what, and, you, and you would expect this with all the tremendous Super Bowl champion players that this team has and bringing everybody back. You've got leaders. You've got leaders from Brady to Gronk to Mike Evans to Fournette. Fournette spoke at halftime of this game about this team remaining calm, remaining focused, staying on point. I'm paraphrasing here. He said this after the game to the media about getting after it the right way and keep your poise and have a chance to win the game. And that's exactly what this team would do. Now, it did not start off well in the second half of this game. But here again, the leaders, guys like Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, and Dominican Sue, Levante David, they were going to show up big in this second half, including Shaq Barrett. With the Colts driving here, Shaq Barrett, an enormous play. Wentz in the gun, sidecar left, dropping to throw, looks over the middle. He's, oh, he fumbled the football, it's loose, it's on the deck, diving for the box, have come up with it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a quarterback strip sack. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett with the sack and the Coming strip, the field, and the Bucs take over. Covered by Tampa Bay, first down. Sack, fumble, and fumble recovery for Shaq Barrett in that moment. And give credit to the Buccaneer defense playing a little bend, but don't break, and it would turn things right around. Uh, for the Buccaneer offense to get the momentum back, including Gronk. We got we to work in a Gronk highlight from Mean Gene Deckerhoff and Buccaneers Radio right here. 
Leonard Fournette on the left hip. Shotgun set. Bucks need nine, eight yards. Here's Brady. A quick out pass caught by Gronkowski to the 40. Outside the numbers. Fights his way to the 45. Still fights for the first down. That's vintage Rob Gronkowski. Holy Gronkaboli. Second and third effort. Yes, the ribs feeling better, the back feeling better. Gronkowski goes over 100 yards for the first time this season. Second time in his Buccaneer career. He was the leading pass catcher on the day. And you know Tom Brady knows with him. I mean, they played several times against the Colts in that situation uh, in the in Lucas Oil Stadium. So he wanted him there as he, uh, the trust factor, his uh, security outlet, et cetera, et cetera. Gronk picks up the first down with second and third effort. That would eventually lead to this. From the four, shotgun set. Blitz threatened. Here it comes. Hand off to Fournette. Fournette to the five. Three, two, one. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fournette barreling into the end zone. Leonard Fournette's third touchdown of the day. Thanksgiving Lenny makes it 24-21. The Colts now only up by three, and the Buccaneers clearly feeling some momentum right now and continuing to play opportunistic defense. This team leads the NFL in points off of turnover since the beginning of the 2019 season, and they continue to pour it on with takeaways and scores in this second half. A Colts team that came in leading the NFL in plus-minus taking the ball away themselves more than giving it up. Well, they started giving it and giving it and giving it back to the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers were taking it and taking it, including burned earlier in the game. Antoine Winfield got to have a short memory, got to bounce back, and Winfield did on a great play here. Wentz takes the snap. Bootleg rolls out to his right, still rolling, looks downfield, throws the ball downfield, got a receiver in the area, battle for the ball. It's intercepted, picked off by Antoine Winfield to the 15, to the 20. Winfield outside, but there's a blocker to the 35-yard line, and he's knocked down right there. Boy, a battle for the ball and a pick by Winfield. No flag thrown, the crowd wanted one. Love that young man out of Minnesota. Leaping interception, out fighting Michael Pittman, the son of the former Buccaneer running back. Grabbing that pick, running it back to the 35-yard line, give credit where it is due, as he was able to uh, get the interception, flip the field a little bit, another takeaway for the Bucks, and the Buccaneers would eventually drive down and get this score uh, to put them in front in the game. From the one-yard line, first down goal, Rojo is the running back, Brady under center. Gronkowski on the right edge. The handoff, Rojo goes over the top. It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Bucks take the lead of the third quarter late. Good to see Rojo. Ronald Jones, who's been a reserve now for a lot of this season, get his chances. Such explosiveness with that first step. Rojo's touchdown, second game in a row after the Monday night game with the Giants where he got one in the second half. Got that one as well. And now you look up at the scoreboard late third quarter and it says Buccaneers 28, Colts 24. You're not only right in the game, you're in the lead. Be happy with that, Buccaneer fans. And be happy with the way that things ended up in this one as the Bucs continue to make plays down the stretch of this game. You roll into the fourth quarter of this one and the defense uh, continues to stuff the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Todd Bowles switched some things up with the coverage. The pass rush continued to bring it, including right here. One running back, a sidecar to the right. Here's the snap. Wentz dropping, dropping, dropping. He's going to miss the sack. We get him in the back. We assume missed him, and he's finally sacked to the 20-yard line. Yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul finally got him. Shaq Barrett went over the top. So did Indomitian Sue. So the third guy there, Jason Pierre-Paul, is the guy that wound up with the sack. 
So they stop Carson Wentz in that sequence, and now the special teams would even make a play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And into punt, Bradley Pinion. Hines awaits the punt, gets the kick away. A little contact after the punt by Pinion. Fair catch signal for May. Oh, he fumbled the ball. Diving out of the box. Allen Hines for the second week in a row is fumbled the punt, and the Bucs have it inside the 20-yard line. Scotty Miller, a gunner, falls on that pigskin. And the Bucs are in business inside the Colt 20-yard line. Off the muff punt. Scotty Miller, Johnny on the spot, able to come up with the football. Good on him. You would have loved to have had a touchdown. And the Buccaneers had a couple of chances uh, to make plays. And the Colts got the benefit, uh, I believe, of a blown call. There was, there was a pass interference earlier in the game that was clearly pass interference on the Colts, even though their fans were booing. Holding Scotty Miller running deep, it set up the Buccaneers for a touchdown in the third quarter. Here, the defensive back, uh, Rock Yassin is how you say his name. Grab Mike Evans around the waist before the pass was being thrown. Should have been at least a defensive holding uh, for an automatic first down for the Bucs. Instead, on third and goal, the ball's tipped. They, they threw a, a pass interference flag. They picked it up because the interpretation is if the ball is tipped, it's not pass interference. Again, I was right there on the sideline. He grabbed him around the waist, around the waist before the ball's being thrown. You could have easily called defensive holding and an automatic first down regardless of the tip ball. So the Colts got a break there. Only a Buccaneer field goal of 25 yards uh, in that moment. And then uh, with the 31-24 lead, the Colts finally got some run game going with Jonathan Taylor. We mentioned the five touchdowns last week. He had done nothing. He had four carries for two yards to begin the game. He had something like 25 yards through three quarters. He had done nothing because the Buccaneers have the number one run defense in the NFL. And, uh, and it showed throughout this game. Finally, the Colts were able to march into scoring position late in the game with about three minutes to go. Jonathan Taylor would cash it in from four yards out. So that put Indianapolis into a tie at 31-all. It gave the Buccaneers the ball back. And then Tom Brady went to work with the game on the line. You only would need a field goal to win. Each team had a couple of timeouts. I think the Colts had two left. The Bucs had two left. Final two minutes of the game, the Buccaneers got a couple of big first downs on pass plays to Chris Godwin, on to Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette running hard, and that would set up one of the biggest moments of the season to this point for a chance to win in Indianapolis here at a 31-all game. Gronkowski on the left edge along with Wells. Here's the snap, Brady hands the ball off, running to the left. Here's Fournette inside the 25, stiff arm to the 20, on his feet to the 15, 10, 5-3-2-1, touchdown Leonard Fournette, touchdown Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow, is that the dagger? I hope so with 20 seconds left. Thanksgiving, Lenny, or as Rob Gronkowski said on social media uh, after this game was over with, with four touchdowns, a career-high four touchdowns for Leonard Fournette. That's four tutty, Lenny. Tutty, the nickname for touchdown. Four tutties for Lenny. For Leonard Fournette out of LSU, the former number one pick, again in Jacksonville, second time in the podcast. Thank you, Jaguars, for releasing him. As the Buccaneers will take him, he helped them win a Super Bowl. He helped them win this game in Indianapolis. The game was not without some craziness at the very end, including the kickoff return. This was one of the plays of the game. Uh, where the kickoff returner Rodgers was all the way back at the back of the end zone with 20 seconds left after Leonard Fournette's touchdown put the Bucks up by seven. And Bradley Pinion kicked off right here. Here's the kick. By Pinion will come down five yards deep, will be brought out. Look out, Bucks. Somebody, they got a convoy to the left side, a broken tackle out across the 30, all the way down the sideline to the 40, and 
Fun out of bounds on the 31-yard line. Ten seconds left, and the Colts have life. Scary, crazy moment as Rodgers broke free, but credit Mike Edwards for running him down. You know what championship-caliber teams do? They make plays like that when the game is potentially going to be tied, and I believe the Colts would have gone for two and the win in that moment to try to win the game right there at home against the Bucks would have been a crushing, crushing moment after the great comeback. But Mike Edwards saved the day, a young man that has bided his time as a reserve defensive back at times. Last year got in there in the postseason with big interceptions in the postseason. Uh, had the two pick sixes against the Falcons earlier this year. They're asking him to play nickel corner. They're asking him to play special teams. Good on Mike Edwards. Coming up large, he ran about 50 yards diagonally to chase Rodgers to the sideline and get him out of bounds. And that enabled the Buccaneers to get the one last stop right here on the final play of the game. Second down, 10. Final play, perhaps. Bargain penalty. Pressure coming. Wentz flushed. Looks toward the end zone. Throws it toward the end zone. It is batted down. It's intercepted. Picked off at the two by the box. And that'll be the ball game. Final play of the game is a pick by the box. And Pierre Desir gets out of that pile with the football. Tampa Bay beats. The Indianapolis Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium, 38-31. to How fitting. Pierre Desir, a former Colt, off the Buccaneers uh, practice squad and reserves. Then he was with the Colts and played a couple of games, and then the Bucs got him back off the Colts practice squad, put him on the active roster. Not one, not two, five takeaways for the Buccaneers. That interception sealing it at the end of this one, 38-31. You're going to look back on this if the Buccaneers do damage at the end of this season. If the Buccaneers are in the playoffs with home field advantage and doing damage, you're going to look back at that performance in Indianapolis. When, again, I'm not over-dramatizing this or overselling it, that could have been an easy Colts win. And I've been around this team, this market, the NFL, and worked at the highest level here in pro football for uh, 20-plus years. You would have heard everywhere, especially nationally, This team's done. They don't have it. Super Bowl hangover. If the Colts had rolled the Buccaneers, that's all you would have heard this entire week leading into the Atlanta game. So on the converse, on the flip side, when you play like this Buccaneer team did on Sunday in the second half and you go get that game in a hostile environment and the Colts are very likely a playoff team, they may end up winning the AFC South. Tennessee is laboring with injuries. They lost again yesterday. Indianapolis may be the team that ends up winning that division. Uh, I mean, they've been playing tremendous offensive football for the last two months, and the Buccaneers stopped them and stopped them and took the ball away over and over again in the second half. And credit Todd Bowles' resilient defense. Again, uh, I'll I'll speak more to this as we we come to the close here when you look to the future. This team's got to get healthy because in the secondary, you are playing second and third string guys over and over again. And credit Pierre Desir, or D. Delaney or Ross Cockrell that are out there that are making plays, but it's not Carlton Davis, it's not Jamel Dean, it's not Sean Murphy Bunting that were all high premium draft picks. It's not Richard Sherman that this team signed uh, as a as a big name free agent who's clearly been injured the entire time he's been here. They were counting on him. They didn't make other moves because they went and got Richard Sherman, and that move frankly has backfired with his health. He's not been healthy. This team. They're still banded together. Mike Edwards playing some cover corner in the slot. Winfield and Whitehead in the secondary. Just give all the credit uh, to patching it together 
despite the injuries in the secondary, one of the one of the one places in the NFL you can't have a lot of injuries and expect to stop the pass happy NFL quarterbacks. But the Buccaneers have done enough of that and got enough of the takeaways yesterday for sure to get it done. When it was over, time for our Hooters postgame show. As you can imagine, Bruce Arians, who once was the interim head coach in Indianapolis and won Coach of the Year when they made the playoffs back in, what, 2011. A great job by Bruce Arians uh, with the Colts then. Even better job as a Super Bowl champion Buccaneer coach. So he was back in Indianapolis, and the smile was on his face on this comeback win. Wow. Let's begin with the end. You get in the end zone with Leonard Fournette and then have to hang on after a kickoff return. What are your thoughts immediately after this one about winning it? Uh, probably would tell Lenny to fall down into two and put the ball in the middle of the field and kick the field goal with no time on the clock. And, uh, you know, um, didn't really anticipate him breaking loose. So that with 20 seconds, you still got to defend the whole field. And obviously those things can happen. On the kickoff return, let's just go right there. Uh, they, the Rodgers, the returner, breaks free, and Mike Edwards obviously makes the play of the game to that moment by running him down and keeping him out of the end zone with no 10 doubt, seconds No left. doubt. It was a great job by him just catching him. And uh, hell of a play by Mike getting him on the ground. So you're able to get the stop, and then you win this football game. Why was Leonard Fournette so effective? He ends up with a career-high four touchdowns in this game. I mean, just yeah, running pass. Lenny's a, he's an all-around player. And, uh, you know, Rojo ran extremely well in this game, which kept Lenny fresh. And uh, when we had that last drive, felt very, very confident we are going to go down and get the field goal. We just want to use up all the clock and get the field goal. And then Lenny takes it in for the touchdown. You're down 10 at the half. What, what does it say for this team on the road against a really good team to flip yeah. this around, and how did it flip around? It's about, all about making a play, and Shaq's play changed the whole game. Uh, we, we get the, Shaq, the sack fumble, score touchdown, again, get another turnover, you know, get, get 17 unanswered in the third quarter. That was huge, and uh, I liked the way I looked like the look in our face at the locker room at halftime. I knew we didn't play our best, but uh, we had 30 more minutes to go. Say something about Rob Gronkowski, who went over 100 yards receiving in this game. Uh, obviously, a lot of tough ones, too. A couple of different times fighting for extra yeah, yards. Yeah, none, none bigger than that one on third down. We ran over the whole team almost and, and got the first down. I mean, that's what Gronk does, and they bring so much energy to the sideline. All right, a couple of injuries. You lost Jamel Dean in this game. He could not return. You lost Aaron Stenney, and he could not return. But Devin White came back in the second half. Say something about his grit, because we weren't sure if he could come back and play. Yeah, I wasn't sure either. It wasn't really Devin, but uh, it, was, it was good enough. And uh, we'll see how he is for next week. What, what does this do? I realize it's the regular season, but to go on the road and win this game, what does this do coming on a short week off of Monday Night Football for the confidence of this team, Coach? Oh, it's huge, and uh, to beat a good team that's really, really hot in, in a building that was packed, and uh, it says a lot about our football team right now where we're at. Coach, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And even though he did say it in our interview on the Hooters postgame show, he did say it to the media, nobody's going to run on us. Uh, we're the, let them. We're the number one run defense. I'm paraphrasing here. You want to try that, you're not going to get anywhere on this team. You're going to be forced to throw it, and that's what the Colts were forced to do. And yes, Wentz had success. We should not. You can't ignore the fact that he threw three touchdowns in the second quarter. But what happened in the second half when the pass rush got after him, when they couldn't run the ball? What happened with the takeaways? What happened with stopping them over and over again so that you could flip around a 24-14 game? Again, they had the ball driving up 24-14. Could have really damaged the Buccaneers, if not put the game away, midway through that third quarter till Shaq Barrett got the sack. So the Buccaneers made plays, made enough of them. Let's go back to our conversations on the Hooters postgame show. Again, 
Big day for Leonard Fournette with the four touchdowns, the comeback, and the, the, the run game, the pass protection right there again from the Buccaneer offensive line. And big left tackle Donovan Smith spoke with us about what this team did, reversing that game yesterday and winning 38-31. Congratulations. How did this team flip it around from 10 points down to win this game? Appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's just resiliency. Uh, never giving up, knowing what we are, knowing how we got to go out there and get the win. Um, all guys just came together and did their job. And uh, as you see, we played good complimentary football, getting turnovers and scoring there, and finish it off with a nice run by Lenny. So. Let's pick it up on that. You're getting the drive down into scoring range. We thought maybe field goal opportunity, but he breaks free around the left end. Tell me what you did on that play and what you saw when he did break free. I think I blocked two people. <laughs> um, I know you. You know you blocked two people. You know you got yeah, two. Yeah, uh, it was just a great job by uh, all 11 guys. Um, anytime you have a big run like that, uh, you need all 11 guys doing their job. So, you know, uh, to be able to have get the ball in Lenny's hands, uh, and basically just put it on our back, you know, the offensive line and, and, and the receivers and everybody to run the ball uh, to close it out is, is, is huge. I saw there were uh, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller even getting blocks down the field on that touchdown run. It was 137 combined yards for him on the ground. That's his first four touchdown game in his NFL career. Uh, can you just say something about he and Ronald Jones, about both of them and how hard they run for you guys when you're getting those blocks? Yeah, no, uh, it's it's great. Um, anytime you have that type of competition in that room, uh, two great backs, it just pushes, you know, each guy to be better. So, uh, you know, hats off to Lenny, you know, showing out today, Rojo doing his thing. Um, but it's only going to make us better in the long run. Anytime you got two hungry guys that, you know, you could feed them 25 times a piece if you want, uh, it's, it's lovely. So hats off to them. Did I see, it's not all the time that we see you, but I saw a vocal Donovan Smith before the game. I joked on the air when we were on the air pregame. That might have been a little sermon from the pulpit prior to the Colts game. What was going on there? Animated before yeah, the game. Yeah, uh, actually, Vontae called me off guard. He called me up and uh, said it was on me. So, you know, I had to go out there and, uh, you know, get the guys ready. Um, definitely something out of my, I think that's the first of my career here. <laughs> so, but uh, it, it was good. Glad that uh, maybe I need to do the pregame speeches from now on. I like we that. We get the wins. <laughs> I like that. And say one more time, off a short week winning on Monday Night Football, to come on the road and beat a team that had won three in a row and five out of six and is likely a playoff team, that says something. I mean, I know you got a long way to go in the regular season, but that says something for this team, what they did today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, each day we go out there to get better. Um, you know, short week, we have no excuses. The, you know, the game starts when the game starts and we got to be ready to play. So, you know, like I said, hats off to the coaches for taking care of us and getting us to the game and hats off to the players to make sure that, you know, you're on your P's and Q's mentally when you do have a light load and, uh, you know, come out here firing all cylinders, you know, come game day. So should be nice and fresh. <laughs> How does eight and three sound off a of Thanksgiving weekend? It sounds lovely to me. We like that. Donovan Smith, thank you for stopping for us. Yes, Congratulations. Sir. Appreciate y'all. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level at left tackle. Again, I can't emphasize enough at field level. Tom Brady, Brady rarely gets hit, much less sacked. And some of that, again, is the scheme of Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich with the play calls, get the ball out of his hand on quick passes, uh, whether it be a receiver screen, a little tight end screen they worked to Cameron Brait yesterday, get the ball to Leonard Fournette out of the backfield, or Gio Bernard on third down, get the ball out of his hand. But some of it is drop back five steps, seven steps, and have Donovan Smith stonewalling people at left tackle. 
He did a tremendous job. The line did a tremendous job. Yet another win. And also credit the defense. Credit the defense with being able, I know they gave up 31 points, but the defense did what it was supposed to do with getting takeaways and stops in the second half. Proud to talk to Levante David after it was over Sunday evening at Lucas Oil Stadium. Here is that conversation. How did this team get this done in the second half? Playing the full four quarters, uh, finishing out the game, uh, coming in, you know, uh, we let them get back in the game at the end, though, you know, uh, defensively. But, uh, you know, we were offensively able to prevail and uh, get, it, get, get it going. You know, their momentum was really going. So uh, we was able to get the ball back. They was able to get the ball back and uh, seal the game for us. But uh, definitely, man, uh, we got to be able to seal the game better defensively. But happy to have a win. You punched one out in the first half. Shaq Barrett, huge play on the sack fumble. The mm-hmm. takeaways, enormous yeah. part of this win, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. We always uh, preach takeaways. We try to play complimentary football. You know, our uh, offense was you know going a little slow, but we just try to do our best to get the ball back as much as we can. And uh, they were doing a great job of capitalizing off of it. So uh, we knew there was a uh, turnover team too. So uh, we was up for the challenge. So we was able to you know take the ball away as well. You know, it was great to see it. Leonard Fournette puts that ball in the end zone. Yeah. Character win for this yeah. team off Monday. Night football right most definitely most definitely especially a role win in a hostile environment you know those fans that football team is a great football team over there you gotta give them their props but uh, we was able to pull out you know a full four quarters you know the first 30 minutes what we wanted wasn't what we wanted but we was able to pull out the next 30 minutes and uh, to get the dub 54 thank you congratulations yeah. no problem thank you today all of these interviews from buccaneers radio and again even if you don't hear us live on 98 rock the buccaneers mobile app Buccaneers Radio Affiliates, you can always catch the post-game conversations. We will have them here on Nothing But Bucks. It's why you need to subscribe to the podcast, either through the Buccaneers mobile app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You'll get all of the post-game highlights and the post-game uh, interviews as well off of our stuff from the Hooters post-game show. Okay, Tom Brady, many a time he has gone against the Colts in his career. He's now 16-4, and four, kids. I'll help you with the math. That's 80% winning percentage all-time against Indianapolis. Here was Tom Brady with the media, and you better believe he was wanting to win this game for a lot of reasons against the Colts. Yeah, it was a good, hard-fought game. Uh, obviously, a very good football team we played, and um, we got up to a slow start behind, I think, 10 at half, which is never where you want to be. But um, defense played great. Defense was amazing today. So backs played great. Line played great. Um, people stepped in for Alley. Then Stinney got hurt. So uh, Nick had to come in, which was – uh, it's first time in there, um, but we grinded it out and found a way to win. Tom, so the, the environment as well, it's not just the, the opponent and the situation you're in, but the, the road games, they seem to get more and more tougher to win as the season goes on into towards the postseason. Yep. But you came here and got it done. Yeah, it's challenging. You know, it just challenges your communication on every play, which is, you know, tough up front and tough in the, a lot of nonverbal communication. So, um, I mean, winning on the road is always tough in the NFL, but you know, some days have been better than others for us. Um, today, I'm glad we won. Given you and Gronk's long history with the Colts, is it, even though Peyton's gone, long gone, does it is it still a thrill to beat Indianapolis? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Wow. Not a lot of love lost, I think. So it's good to win. Tom Fernand had such a big game. Not only the four touchdowns, but to kind of carry the last drive the way he did. What did it yeah. mean for him to have the, the fresh legs he had on that last drive? Oh, he had a great game. Um, Leonard played great in the run game and the pass game. Um, Rowe ran the ball really well. Um, big guys blocked great right up front. Thought we did a good job in the run game with you know getting the hats on hats and 
The guys really ran, ran the ball hard. It's a very physical game. So it's a good, very good defensive front. Great group of linebackers. Um, they really make you earn it. So we found a way. It wasn't perfect, but um, you know we can certainly play a lot better than that. Excuse me for not asking a question about the game, but going back to your first start, which was against the Colts, yep. what do you remember about that game? The good guys won. I remember that. Yeah, the good guys won. It was in Foxborough. So, um, no, it's a great organization. They've done a great job for a long time and obviously played against Peyton a lot of times here and then played here a few other times. So, um, lost the Super Bowl here in this stadium. Um, but good to get a win today. That's really what's the most important thing. Not the past, uh, not the future, but today. And, you know, it was a really hard fought team win. Again, I think all three phases, there's a lot to learn from, but good to win, good to win on the road against, you know, team that was really playing well, good run game. You know, they got some good dynamic players in the past game, and our D really stepped up. Tom, you guys had uh, an unexpected FaceTime session <coughs> with a freshman high school basketball team this oh. week where all of a sudden they get you on the phone, and, and you would have thought that these kids won the lottery with the looks on their faces. What did it mean to you to be part of a moment like that? That was sweet. That was sweet. I think that was Lenny that was, you know, figuring out how to organize that. I didn't know who it was, so he'd say, here's my boy, TB, or whatever he said, and and uh, it was nice. You know, it had been a highlight for me if I was in high school, too, and the pro home the home pro team noticed me and uh, noticed our team. That would have been pretty cool. Michigan kids, too. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, even better. Yeah, so even they, better. They inadvertently included Sean Murphy Bunting on a group text. That's uh -huh. how it all started. Sean sends him a picture, and, and they didn't believe him, and so that's when he FaceTimed them. Oh, that's great. That's great. That was fun. That was really fun, yeah. It's just good to see all those young kids hyped up. You got a lot of love for Michigan today, too, Mom. That was great. That was great. It's been a good weekend, so. Leonard said that uh, guys came into the locker room at halftime. It was a little bit downbeat, and... Uh, said something or I don't know he, he said something to the team you come out the defense has those two tremendous series and yeah you're right back in it what difference did that make in halftime huge I think Shaq's got the strip sack um you know they just made big play after big play that's what it takes to win you know you got to get you got to make the plays I mean it's there's not a lot of margin of error there's really well coached teams that have a lot of good players and everyone's working hard to win so you know you either got to make the player you don't and uh, we didn't make them as much in the first half, but we certainly made them in the second half. The Colts are the number one team in the NFL in turnover margin coming in, and you guys got them plus four today. Yeah. How do you go about doing that? Well, we had two of them, so that wasn't very good. We, they punched that one out and then got us on a, on a go ball. So, you know, we got to do a better job taking care of it, absolutely. Um, our defense does a great job taking it away. Um, it was great. It was obviously great to win that. And anytime you win turnovers and penalties, those play a huge factor in you know, the amount of points that are scored. So um, we got to keep cleaning it up. Still a lot of football left ahead. Love that. Uh, the, the honesty. We love the honesty that's there. Give Brady credit. Uh, as this team continue to move the foot football, give Leonard Fournette credit. Give the offensive line credit, as I said just a little while ago here on Nothing But Bucks. Take the victory. Uh, I know we don't have Rob Gronkowski's postgame comments here, but he was fantastic uh, in this one as well, and he was great with the media saying, hey, we played so many big games against the Colts to come into this hostile environment and win. Good on Gronk. Seven catches, 123 yards. As I said earlier, 
That is his first 100-yard game of the season. Of course, he missed, what, six games, most of six games. Played only a little bit in the Saints game with the broken ribs and the back spasms. He's back. It makes a difference. Uh, Brady finished 25 of 34, 226 yards, modest yardage, one touchdown, one interception. Leonard Fournette, 100 yards on the button for his first 100-yard game of the season and four total touchdowns. Defense and special teams, five takeaways on the day. Credit the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. Go Bucks! And by the way, as somebody that was right there at field level watching Peyton Manning and the Colts on Monday Night Football come roaring back against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I know that was a 21-point comeback, a 17-point comeback. They scored, well, no, it was 21. They scored 21 unanswered points in like the final six minutes of the game to come back and tie the game and eventually win in overtime on Monday Night Football. Tony Dungy's return to Tampa after having been fired the previous year. The Bucs is the defending Super Bowl champs. We go all the way back to a bad memory, 2003. Peyton Manning talks about it all the time. Well, the Buccaneers got a measure. It was not on national TV. It was not on Monday Night Football. But to be down 10 at Indianapolis and roar back and win that wild game, be proud of this, Buccaneer fans. Be thrilled with this as the Buccaneers are able to get the win. All right, so now you move on to go back into the division on the road at Atlanta. The Falcons did win on Sunday against those lowly Jaguars. It is a victory for them. It brings them to 5-6. and six. Buccaneers, by the way, with the win, are now three games clear of everybody uh, in the NFC South because Carolina also lost to the Miami Dolphins. The Saints had lost on Thursday night Thanksgiving to the Buffalo Bills. So the Bucs have a real cushion in the division. They basically have a chance to put the division away over the course of the next couple of weeks. If the Buccaneers get to 10 wins, uh, sorry, I know the Falcons and the Panthers and the Saints have to play each other for victories, but I don't see any of them getting to 10 wins. New Orleans looks like a team that may not win another game. Let me say again, New Orleans looks like a team, I know their defense is tough and has pride, but they, they are down. Uh, their offense is bad and injured. They may they may slide all the way out and, and not win a game or only win one game. Atlanta was dangerous enough yesterday, but again, that's Jacksonville. Carolina looks done as well offensively. For all the hype about Cam Newton coming back, he can still run a little bit. He can't throw the ball. I've seen some of the highlights against the, the, uh, the Dolphins. I haven't seen the full game. He can't throw the ball anymore, folks, and this team gets Carolina twice. Who out of that group's going to get to 10 wins? If the Buccaneers get to 11 wins, they absolutely win the division and guarantee the home game. That's the goal right now. Just keep winning. I believe a 12th win will have you in position when it's all said and done, if you are 12-5, and five, to be the number two seed, the three seed or the two seed. 13 wins may be enough if you are at 13-4 and four to be the number one seed. I know the Cardinals, who were off this week, currently occupy the number one seed at uh, just two losses, and the Buccaneers got help from the Packers beating the Rams because the Rams would have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Bucs. That's a fourth loss for the Rams. Uh, Buccaneers and Cowboys with three losses each. Uh, the Or now the Cowboys actually with four losses after the Thanksgiving Day loss. So the, the Bucs are in great shape here. Just keep winning games, get to an 11th win, get to a 12th win, and the playoff seating will sort itself out. Isn't it a blast to be talking about the playoffs and seeding in the division. Just keep going. Keep going this weekend in Atlanta. Get to 9-3, and three, get another win, and you're going to set yourself up for two home games with the Bills and the Saints with a chance to basically clinch the division and set yourself up for January, 
for January football right here in the Tampa Bay area, and we look forward to that. All right, so that'll do it for this edition of Nothing But Bucks. Fantastic to go get a win in Indianapolis. We'll be back there on the scheduling rotation. It was odd this year because of the 17th game that we played a game in Indianapolis. The scheduled game on the normal rotation of NFC South, AFC South, will be in Indy in a couple of years. We'll be back in Indianapolis to play that game. But for right now, savor November the 27th of 2021 off Thanksgiving weekend. What a great win for the Buccaneers. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me out here with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Again, find us on the day after games. Complete recap, analysis, highlights, post-game interviews. If you're a Buck fan, you want to hear this podcast, especially uh, to relive all the biggest moments of the games. Right after the game is over with, on the day after the game, nothing but Bucks is here, usually about midday on Monday. Late morning, midday, Eastern time on Monday. And again, Buck fans, wherever you're hearing us, all over the country, around the world. I know some that are that are listening not only in Europe, but some that listen in the Far East, displaced, that are on military bases, Buck fans that live everywhere. Kudos and congratulations to Bruce Arians and his team. Byron Leftwich in the offense, Todd Bowles in the defense. Play out even Keith Armstrong's special teams with some plays. Mike Edwards. My goodness. When you look back on it, him chasing down that kick returner in the final seconds, enormous play to help the Bucks get the win. We're thrilled about all of that. All right, Buccaneers in Mercedes-Benz Stadium Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. That is a 1 o'clock game. We're on the air at noon on Buccaneers Radio, 98 Rock, Buccaneers Affiliates, Buccaneers Mobile App. We look forward to recapping what we believe will be another Buccaneer victory. Let's go get another win in the NFC South, get a sweep of the Dirty Birds who the Bucs beat earlier in the year by 20 points, pulling away in the fourth quarter. Get another win over them, and you're a step closer to locking up the division in a home playoff game if you go get that victory. We're anxious to see what happens. We'll be back to recap it after it is done next Monday. I am TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. As always, go Bucks on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Bye.